Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output Podcast, we've got a pair of stories about the wonderful world of commerce. Most influencers out there, most of the people that you see on Instagram, you know, flying the first class tickets, going to the nice resorts and just cars and travel and they look beautiful and all that. It's all a scam, dude. Most of these people are broke, okay? Instagram influencers or influencers in general, most of the YouTube people, they're literally broke. Influencers are buying empty shopping bags from high-end brands like Hermes and Pandora to pretend that they're rich. And the people who resell the used disposable bags are making good money, according to an InputMag.com article by writer Chris Stokel-Walker. Here are InputMag.com editor Ryan Houlihan and editor-in-chief Joshua Topolsky discussing this phenomenon. We also have on the site a story from Chris Stokel-Walker about how influencers are now purchasing used shopping bags and like boxes and packaging from designers so they can pretend that they're rich enough to go on shopping sprees. And then they like store them and reuse them again. And whenever the stores change the bags, they like run out and buy new shopping yeah. bags to yeah. pretend. It's a depressing state of affairs that people are well, paying like $20 for an orange Hermes bag. I find it very depressing, but they say... Fake it till you make it. You know, I'm inclined to believe them. It's dystopian to purchase rich people's garbage, then take a picture of it and then throw it out or like put their garbage away and be like, I'm just like the rich people because I have rich people garbage. Like, that's so weird. The thing that I feel most about it when I think about it, well, first off, I'm sad about two things. One, I'm sad that like there's this concept of quote unquote an influencer is and what their life should look like. And these people have to perform this version of it where they're like, I'm shopping and I'm spending a lot of money and I'm rich and I get all the nice things in life and like and then other people are like wow I like that and I want that to be me and let me hit the little like button and tell you how much I think it's cool that you're buying things which is like that's a sad thing but then I also feel like a sadness for the people themselves because it's like your job is to be like look at my life it's so cool I know to greater and lesser degrees most influencers project a kind of version of their life that isn't really authentic to me it's even a step beyond when they purchase sets for a day and do some photo shoots like what they'll do is they'll purchase a private jet set buy a bunch of clothes change clothes every 10 minutes and take a bunch of pictures and then over the course of two years pretend they're going on and off a private jet to me that's pathetic and kind of sad but I understand at least you don't have access to this space you're trying to create a narrative to me that's less weird than being like purchasing old disposable shopping bags and then setting them up and then pretending that the clothes you bought used are new or like like all of it's sad to me but somehow i get i guess i understand the fantasy aspect of photoshopping yourself onto a beach i sort of get that a little more this to me for some reason something about it being trash or something about it just being a shopping bag that's empty like it's the image of capitalism without even getting the stuff and you still spent money on it for some reason to me it's just like a step beyond and I mean, at some point, right, like it's going to make sense for a company to have an entire wardrobe, private jet set, all of this stuff. And you pay them like 10 grand. And then for the year, you can just like come in in little sessions, take pictures of your fake life, post it on social and then go home to your regular job until you like make it. That's yeah. so depressing. To it's me. really it's really a bummer. 
Want to hear more from Ryan and Joshua? Then stay tuned for today's second story. and coins are limited at many retailers during this pandemic. Eyewitness News consumer reporter Nicole Kahn explains why a new touchless way to pay is more popular and safer for many. We've already gone mostly cashless with credit and debit cards. Now those two might be payments of the past. That card reader is seeing more uh, use than ever before and everyone's got to go through the checkout. It's a spot where not only is it a high touch point, but you don't know who's been there before you. Contactless or mobile pay eliminates any touching. Grocery chains have held out on Apple Pay and other contactless payment systems, but COVID-19 might and indeed should change that. So argues Samuel Pollet in a recent piece for InputMag.com. Here are InputMag.com editor Ryan Houlihan and editor-in-chief Joshua Topolsky talking about Samuel's story. So there's a great piece on Input this week by Samuel Pollet about how contactless payments have caught on in some industries, but other industries like grocery stores have really resisted stuff like Apple Pay or Android Pay or Samsung Pay. But with a global pandemic that can live on phone screens for up to 30 days, most people don't want to be messing with credit cards and keypads and stuff. It's just more sanitary and safer and faster and easier and more secure to use a contactless payment solution. But what's interesting to me is that like the reason that these stores held out is that grocery stores know that people stay they're loyal like that's why they have loyalty cards like grocery stores know that if you know that the food you like is at this store that's in your neighborhood and it's affordable you don't usually go shopping for other options there's very few like extreme couponers going from grocery store to grocery store so they wanted to create their own payment solutions that they could then like try to own payments everywhere they overplayed their hand because most people just kept using cash at that point but it's interesting to me because like we don't normally think about some of these industries as tech industries, right? Like nobody thinks of Kroger as like a tech company, but <laughs> yeah, they're like well positioned within a market that does relate in some capacity to technology and shipping. So it's interesting because in another universe where COVID-19 didn't happen, we might see Walmart pay actually catch on because that would be something useful to the people shopping at Walmart that, you know, did there was no sense of urgency so they could like trickle into using it and slowly understand why they should have multiple content list payment solutions or like yeah. Kroger pay could have actually happened if they gave like some kind of discount and slowly got people on board. But now with the pandemic, like it's a pressing issue and people just want it fixed. But I think it's interesting. Like I never knew that contactless payment was more secure either. I always thought it was kind of less secure because it's on my phone. Yeah, it's kind of like a link with grocery stores and technology. I mean, the first, obviously, like the first like self-checkout I ever saw was at a grocery store, you know? And or, actually, or those little guns you carry around the store with you. Well, yeah, you- well, I was going to say, like, they're at the um, Stop and Shop has, we went in one day, and they also have the Stop and Shop robot, which is completely insane and doesn't make any I sense. I love the robot. But but um, but um, we went in one day, and, and Laura's like, oh, yeah, like, they have these, like, you get these guns, and you like carry it around and you basically just like, you know, you say what you're getting as you throw it in the cart. And I was like, oh, that's like a really good idea and a really interesting technology. I think that there's a lot through line there. And I think at at this moment in particular, you've got to start to see, we're going to start to see a lot of innovation around, around things having to do with like basics. 
I feel like we've seen a lot of it already happen. You know, you know how you get your groceries, how you get food, how you deal with going to the doctor. Like, I think there's a lot of things that are like, hey, this used to be easy and simple and make a lot of sense. And now that we're living in this very strange way, we've had to rethink it. And that's been good, I think, for the most part, in many ways. Maybe I'm wrong, though. I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's good that we rethink some of this stuff because, for example, I didn't know that contactless payment was more secure. But now that I understand the mechanics of why it's more secure, because it generates individual credit card numbers every time you use your debit or credit card, and then like it's gone at that point after it's been used for the specified cleared amount. Um, that's super. That's just a really great idea. But I actually also kind of hope that some companies who are incentivized to make this the best and the most safe experience for their customers are probably probably better off making contactless payment solutions, for example, than Amazon, who wants to like own a scan of your handprint in order to get you to pay at Amazon Go stores where you like wave your hand over a thing and that's how you pay. Like, actually, I don't think Amazon needs a scan of my handprint to solve this problem. And I don't think right. that they need yeah. to track everything I do in their store from the moment that I like step in and wh- how long I spend looking at carrots. Like, I don't think they need that information. And I think it's kind of malicious to collect it and identify it with some like biometric scanner like that all just seems i don't know it seems in bad faith to be like well it's just for shopping for grocery like we know it isn't yeah whereas a kroger solution or like walmart or like heb or like food town those companies it's generally about the food and the selling of the product for now and i would rather that i don't know i would rather that but i think it's reassuring to know that like these decisions society-wide aren't solely going to be made by silicon valley in this instance it sort of ended up being but i think it gives a little insight to like other areas of our economy having some daylight between the like vc capital tech innovation or like big four tech innovation yeah um yeah no well, i i agree it's interesting it's very it's i yeah i also don't want to i don't have a desire to scan my my palm anywhere to be honest that's a little no. it's a little book of revelations for my taste you know it's a little minority or skinning <laughs> your retinas like yeah. i'm a little good on that yeah um i agree <laughs> You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Houlihan and Joshua at Joshua Topolsky. I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening.